fashion. This is all in for the love of the game. This is Love Set Match. Andre Agassi had this goal, you don't have to be better than everyone else in the draw when you go out on the court. Like, you have to be better than someone that's across the net. I think you got to stay active in a sport sense, you know, go out there, do some sports. I think it always makes you feel better, maybe you're more tired in the very moment, but actually the rest of the day feels better. And then I think giving back as well, you know, making other people happy is going to give you a good feeling too. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Tennis Pal Chronicles, the podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. As you know, Tennis Pal Chronicles is sponsored by Tennis Pal, which is a great app you can download for Android or iPhone and find people to play tennis with in your area. So please do check that out. I'm your host, Philip Kim, also known as the tennis pro for the Langham Huntington Hotel in sunny Southern California and also the director of tennis for the city of Azusa. Unfortunately, my fabulous co-host Valerie Garcia is so busy with work right now. I think I heard rumors about her company going public and uh, they're preparing an IPO, so there's lots and lots going on and she's working crazy, crazy hours. Hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon, give each other a huge hug and do a podcast together again. This week, we are rebroadcasting a great interview with professional tennis player Steve Johnson. Stevie has had a solid tennis career to date. For one week in August 2016, he was the top-ranked American in men's singles. He has a career-high ranking of 21. He's won four ATP Challenger Tour titles and four ATP Tour 250 titles. One at Nottingham on grass, twice at Houston on clay, and most recently at Newport on grass. He won a bronze medal in men's doubles at the 2016 Olympics with fellow American Jack Sock. Stevie Johnson played college tennis and is probably most famous for being a USC Trojan. He won the NCAA Men's Singles Championship in his junior and senior seasons, which was 2011 through 2012, and he was part of a Trojan team that won four consecutive NCAA championships. Lately, we're seeing a lot of pictures of his new daughter, Emma, on his Instagram. And when he was asked, how is life as a new dad? He said that life as a new dad is stressful, but I got lucky. He married Kendall Bateman, former USC volleyball great, and they welcomed their little daughter into the world at the end of last year, and they couldn't be happier. Stevie said, hopefully little Emma will follow in our footsteps at USC. I love this interview with Stevie Johnson because his candor about being on tour and how tough it can be. So let's listen together to this great interview. Well, I'd like to introduce our first guest now. There's a lot I could say. He's had a storied career. And even before that, he's arguably maybe the greatest collegiate tennis player of all time, perhaps athlete. Uh, I've gotten to know him very well. He's, he's a tremendous gentleman and, um, you know, just a really great sportsman out there. And I know he's been an inspiration to me. I'm sure everyone out there today, regardless of your age or level of play, can learn a ton from the guy. So uh, without without wasting any more time, can I please, with great pleasure, bring on Mr. Steve Johnson. 
everybody, how are you? Stevie, how are we doing? You know, just uh, hanging in there and just uh, trying my best to kind of keep that uh, on my shoulders. And get... Stevie, it's a it's a tough time right now that we're uh, we're all going through. How are how are you managing uh, to keep your head up? Because you were playing some great ball leading up to this. Yeah, you know, I've uh, you know just been kind of spending some time playing. You know, we're just hanging out with family, uh, spending time here uh, in, in California. Um, you know, I played a lot at the beginning of the year. So kind of when, when all this happened, it was nice to kind of uh, get a couple week break to kind of get back and just kind of put the rackets down. But, you know, at this point, you know, I think we're all itching to get back to play the sport that we love so much. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I'm just, you know, ready to get back and, and really want to get back to the game that I love. You, you, you look good. Have you been, have you been managing to stay fit? Have you been hitting many balls? What, what, what have you been up to physical wise? You know, I haven't hit uh, any tennis balls since the end of, uh, of the Indian Wells Challenger, that the Oracle uh, Challenger back in, uh, I guess, March at this point. You know, it's, um, you know, being in California, everything's a bit more, uh, I think, strict maybe than some of the other places. So we've yeah. been kind of, you know, just doing our best to kind of shelter in place and, and do, it our, do our part to kind of get through this thing. But, um, you know, trying my best to just stay in whatever shape I can. You know, it's um, it, it was nice the first, you know, like I said, the first couple of weeks, you get to relax and don't have to worry about the diet and eating so much. And but now it's it's back to, uh, you know, I try and work out as much as I can with the limited resources that I have. And, you know, it just kind of keeps my mind fresh and, and it gives me a, a chance to stay disciplined. Stevie, I want to there's a, there's a few different things that I want to really go into uh, about your journey, because I think, you know, a lot of the viewers can learn a lot from it. But I'd just like to take a look at your 2019 here. You've Really, your UTR has consistently moved up. You had some great wins last year. You mixed in a lot of different events. Um, you know, when, you're, when your ranking dropped a little bit, you weren't shy to go and play some challengers, which you hadn't in quite some time, and you just you won a ton of matches. And as we can see here, you, you, know, you, you mixed up some really great wins. I won't forget that five-set win that you had over Demenauer at Wimbledon. Pretty special, and, you know, continued all the way into New York of this year with a you know, UTR well, well over 15. Um, so, you know, really kind of building up your level of play. How did you see the last sort of 12, 18 months for you? You know, it's, you know, tennis is a, is a crazy sport full of lots of ups and downs and momentum swings. And, you know, you just kind of have to find a way to, to really power through it, you know, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing is, uh, is what's best for you. And, and, you know, that's, that's what I try to do the most. You know, I was having a bit of a tough year, uh, you know, for my standards, you know, I didn't win many matches kind of getting through, um, you know, the first quarter of the year. And then, you know, I felt like I kind of turned a corner on the grass, uh, had a couple good results on the grass. And then, yeah. you know, you get to the U S summer and you really want to kind of hit uh, the ground running. And, you know, I, unfortunately I didn't uh, at the beginning, got back to, to Aptos where I had uh, won a challenger, uh, I think back in 2012 and, and came back, won that, you know, won five matches in a row and, you know, winning, winning solves a lot of problems on the confidence side of things. You know, anytime you can uh, be the last person standing at any event, that's, that's incredible. So, you know, that really turned it around for me. And then I had a great uh, week up in Winston-Salem and then, you know, we, you know, I kind of shut it down at the uh, earlier in the year, just to kind of regroup and reset for 2020. And, um, worked out well so far at the, for the beginning of this year. 
You know, I think you said something really interesting there. Winning solves a lot of problems. And I think that's something that UTR is so brilliant at. We see where your UTR is now. Your current ranking, I believe, is around 63. And, you know, the way you're playing, that doesn't really seem like a fair representation. It seems that you're playing well above that ranking. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where my ranking, I think, at the end of last year when I finished was, you know, maybe mid-80s or so. So I felt like, you know, at the start of this year, I played uh, a, a few challengers, had a couple wins, you know, right. played well in some of the ATP events. And I felt like I was definitely on the right trajectory, kind of uh, getting my momentum back to where I wanted to get to top 50, top 40, and yep. uh, kind of top 30 to, you know, where I feel like I belong and, and competing in those events. So, you know, for me, it wasn't so much as I, you know, thought of it as a step backwards playing some of these smaller events, it was more, you know, I want to play as many matches. I want to be match tough. I want to get back to, you know, those winning ways and, and get into those situations. And, you know, for me, it was uh, a great start to the year and, um, you know, really bummed, you know, with what's happened now, but hopefully we can, you know, really get, get to some tennis, hopefully later in the year. That's a brilliant attitude, Stevie. And I think that's why you've done so much winning over the course of your career um, let's let's take it back to the beginning. Um, let's let's tell everyone where where you're from. Uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, Orange, California, so just uh, just south of Los Angeles. You know, haven't didn't go far from home. Played all my junior tennis in Southern California. Yep. Uh, never played. I played a, like one or two ITF events a year in Carson, which is in LA. And um, other than that, didn't play any of the Grand Slams. Didn't do any of that. Played all the USTA and Southern California stuff, and then. Got uh, got to the point where I, you know, always was going to go to college, and you know, chose my path at USC. I followed in the Prakash Armitage footsteps there, <laughs> and uh, you know, and just uh, you know, had had a blast. And really, I think you know, from there, I really, you know, felt the belief and felt the drive and passion for the game to kind of make that next step. And you know, for me, it was uh, my time at USC, and you know, believing that I, I could make a transition on the pro tour and, you know, fortunate enough, this was year nine for me on the tour. So crazy to think about it, but, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. So you didn't, you didn't really feel that you were wanting to go pro or ready to go pro really until you went through that period of college tennis. Yeah, no, not at all. At, at 18 years old, you know, it's, you'd think, I mean, you think as an 18 year old, you have a lot of things figured out in life and, and whatnot, but you know, college was incredible for me. It gave me a chance to mature, gave me a chance to really, um, you know, put into perspective what I wanted to do with my, my life, you know, tennis was becoming, was a passion of mine. And then it became at the forefront of, you know, something that was a realistic possibility. And, uh, I really put in an incredible work ethic, uh, dedication and discipline I learned in college. And, you know, I've really translated that. And I think that's the the biggest jump in my game that I've made from you know juniors to college and then college to to now where I am today. That 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 period, Stevie, <clears throat> in college, when you came in, what did you play your your freshman year? Um, I believe I played a little bit at uh, four and mostly three uh, my first year. And again, you know, coming into it, I was we had five uh, at my time. We had five recruits come into USC at the same time. Five freshmen. Yeah. Um, to a team that was, was good, but not, you know, you know, they didn't have, you know, hadn't won it for a few years since, since you were there. Um, So, I mean, for me, I I just wanted to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to be top six, you know, and I wanted to do my best to, to really, you know, 
crack the lineup and, and, and help the team. And, you know, once you got into the year, you kind of get in the flow of things. I started at four, played three. Um, and then, you know, at NCAAs, I played two. And then from there, you know, we just kind of, you know, got, got on a roll and, um, you know, we just, everybody kind of did what they needed to do for the team. And that was the coolest thing to be a part of. We all look at milestones in our career. And, you know, I'm so curious about that period, because as you mentioned, you started at, you know, three, four, worked your way up. And obviously you kept improving. You were playing under Peter Smith there, who, you know, I can't say enough about just such a fantastic coach and a tremendous guy. And from there, you all of a sudden just started going undefeated. You had two years, which I don't think we'll ever see again on the on the NCAA tennis circuit, and it's just it's going to be remembered forever. Was there was there any kind of uh, moments or experiences that sort of pushed you to that level e- e- mentally or in your game? Um, you know, I think it really hit me my sophomore year. I was uh, in the fall. I you know, so we had one NCAA's. Um, we started the fall. We have our biggest tournament, national indoors. Yep. I you know win it. You know, I win it as a sophomore. I make the tournament, you know, I don't think anybody really thought I was, you know, going to win. I don't think at that time I was even, you know, I was 15, 20 in the nation, maybe, you know, so I win that tournament and I get to one in the country. And, you know, at that point, I feel like I'm 19, just about to turn 20. I feel like, all right, like this is a, a possibility for me to, to really make, you know, tennis, uh, you know, being a tennis professional, uh, a realistic possibility. And, you know, from then, you know, we just, I just work, you know, my butt off and I, I, I worked as much as I could to, to get better and better. And, you know, then, then came my junior year and, you know, the ball just kind of kept rolling in the right direction. And, um, you know, once that, that snowball started going down the hill, you know, it was going to be hard to stop, but I look back and just kind of laugh now. Um, but at the time, you know, you don't even think about it. You, I just wanted to, to kind of get better as a tennis player. And, you know, just, I wanted to, to get my one point every day when whoever we were playing, just so the team could get a win. Did that, did that team aspect sort of help develop your game? Oh, yeah, big time. You know, I love being a part of a team. I think, um, unfortunately, tennis is such an individual sport that uh, we don't get too many opportunities to be a part of a team. And, you know, I thrived in that environment, and I feel like I still do to this day. So, yeah. um, you know, whenever you can kind of look up and down the row and you see six of your, you know, your good buddies battling out there for – for, for the same reason, for the same goals and, you know, all the work that you put in together, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great feeling. And, um, you know, something that I wish I could uh, give back. And I tell the, tell the boys at USC all the time, I said, I'd give a lot back to, you know, come play UCLA one more time or come play a national <laughs> final one more time, just to have that feeling. And, you know, just to have that excitement. Cause you know, you just don't get that kind of atmosphere on the ATP tour as much as you did in college. Um, Stevie, before we move on to uh, where you've been so, so successful on the ATP tour, I just want to ask a few questions about your your junior career because there are so many players out there who aspire to get into a USC or the college of their choice, and tennis was obviously a big part of that for you. Um, when you were growing up in juniors, when did uh, you sort of start taking the game more seriously? When did the practice go from just sort of a hobby to you know what I'm really going to start working at this? Um, you know, it's for me, I was, uh, you know, if I look back and I'm going off of, off a of memory here, so I could be way off, but, um, you know, in the twelves and fourteens, you know, if we're looking way back, I was, you know, one in the country, you know, one in the section and I was kind of at the top and then, you know, I'd get to 15 and 16 and 17. And that's when, you know, maybe some of the talent kind of, um, 
doesn't get you as far as, as it once did. And, you know, you know, as, as people, we start to grow and mature and, and, you know, our bodies kind of take shape and take form. And, um, you know, I wasn't that good in the 16s and I wasn't that good in the 18s. And, you know, I'm saying relatively, you know, I was probably top 10 in the section, top 30 in the country. You know, I think I made round of 16 at Kalamazoo my, my last year as my best result. Um, so, you know, I didn't, you know, kind of make that transition till college. So I saw the older guys on the team and their work ethic and, and what it, what they did on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I didn't do any of that really in the 16s and 18s. And I really wish I would have, you know, kind of had that base and, and some of that discipline going forward. But, you know, thankfully I've really, I, I got that very quickly in college and, um, you know, turned a corner there. Everyone, uh, you know, it's all about right now. You know, they all want to rush. You know, I, I want everything that I, all my goals right now. You, uh, how were you with the aspect of time? Were you able to just sort of let things come to you uh, gradually as, as they should? As I got older, I did, um, you know, as a kid, you know, everything is so important, you know, the, the 12s, the 14s, the 16s, the 18s, you know, and I'm around a lot of the kids now, you know, when I do my training out at the USTA facility in Carson, um, there's a lot of young kids there. And, you know, I kind of see them, you know, living and dying with these results and one match here and one match there. And, you know, I try and tell the kids, you know, this is the advice that I wish you know, I would have, you know, I'm sure I've gotten it, but I wish I would have maybe taken a bit more in the juniors was, you know, you have to be practical about your wins and losses. You know, it's not about, it's not about right now, you know, this, you know, I can't tell you any of my wins and losses in the juniors really at this point, you know, so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's so important at the time, but you know, when you get older, you just want to make sure that your game is progressing, your mentality, your maturity, your physicality, everything is going in the right direction. Um, because it, you know, because whatever your end point is in tennis or whatever your goal is, um, you know, that's what you got to look for. You can't look for, you know, everything at the moment, you know, you got to work for, if you want to make a college team, if you want to try and play professional, if you want to just, you know, get to a college and, you know, become a lawyer or doctor, you know, any of these things, you know, you got to have, you know, your goal set in mind and everybody's different. Maybe one of the most overlooked pieces of advice, um, we, we see as kids, uh, Stevie, tell me about your parents. Were were they the ones who put the racket into your hand? Did they have you play a lot of different sports? Yeah, you know, my parents put me uh, into tennis. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, my parents met playing tennis uh, back in high school, uh, so oh, cool. you know, they're yeah, a tennis uh, tennis kind of a long, 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 long time ago. And uh, my dad was a tennis coach ever since then. He's yeah. he loved the game and and loved the passion and. Um, you know, my mom still plays tennis, uh, now, you know, she's a math professor at a university. So, uh, she, you know, I had, you know, the best of both worlds, you know, my, uh, my parents never forced me to play tennis, you know, but it was one of those things where I just grew up loving it. You know, I always wanted to spend time around my dad. So, you know, as a kid, you know, two, three, four, you know, whatever, you know, I was always with my dad at the courts it's in during the summer camps, you know, as long as you could possibly be out there playing tennis and, you know, I really, you know, fell and, and had that passion for the game uh, quite early. And, you know, I played just about every sport growing up and competitively. And, and I will say I didn't focus on tennis, you know, as my maybe number one sport or my main focus till I was about 16 or 17. Oh, wow. um, you know, I played competitive baseball and competitive basketball and stuff until then. And um, so for me, I was, um, I think, lucky in that respect because I, I, I got to kind of focus on a lot of different sports, learn a lot of different skill sets and talents and be on a team atmosphere and kind of 
figure everything out in that regard. But, um, you know, tennis has always been number one for me and, you know, I love, you know, still love it to this day. For everyone out there, I think we should all really take note of this. Stevie's one of the, you know, best athletes out there. And the fact that he had a chance to develop all these different tools, playing different sports, uh, I think it shows in his game as opposed to pushing him into a, a sport too early. That's a, that, that's wonderful. Stevie, did it help that your parents had kind of, you know, they had played the sport. So they, they understood a little bit, you know, not, not to jump on you maybe after you lose seven, six and the third and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, um, you know, the only time my parents ever, you know, would, would have gotten mad at me. I mean, wins and losses are never anything anybody should ever get upset about. It's, right. um, you know, it's, it, it was my attitude, you know, I would say, you sure. know, I was, I was a kid who had a, had a temper, I'm sure out there. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you got to do things the right way. And I think tennis is an incredible sport for that. You know, it's you and your opponent. It really teaches you, you know, honesty, you know, how to trust your opponent, how to, you know, be a competitor, but do it in the right way. And, um, I think that's a, a huge part of our sport that needs to be kind of learned a, a, as a kid. And, you know, it just grows and grows, but, um, yeah, you know, my parents, I can't thank them enough. And, you know, there's no chance I'm here today, you know, or, or any of the success that I've had um, without them. Love hearing that. Um, all right. So we, we've learned some of the lessons you've learned from these couple phases, the juniors and college uh, in your career. Let's, let's go to the pros. I mean, this is the top level. This is the highest level it gets in our sport that you've gotten to. Um, what were the big lessons you were learning when you first got on the tour? I think the biggest lesson I learned was, uh, uh, you lose a lot. Um, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, and it's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's one of those things, look, you know, there's one person that wins every week and that person is usually Roger, Rafa or or Novak. So you gotta, you gotta take it, uh, you gotta take the wins and the losses kind of, and be practical about it. You know, and it took me a long time. It took me a year and a half, two years to really be okay with, um, you know, losses, you know, and how they affected my, my psyche and my confidence, you know, for a year, you know, every time I lost, I just felt like I wasn't good enough or, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this or, you know, all those questions kind of float around and, you know, and then I finally got to the point where I just decided, Hey, you know, it's, you know, at the time, you know, Craig Boynton was my coach who who was uh, my coach for about, you know, five or six years. He, uh, we just wanted to either we won you know, the match or we were practical about it. You know, what did we take from the loss? So next week, you know, we're going to, you know, take the lessons we learned and we're going to keep moving forward and moving forward. And we're not going to lose the same way twice. You know, we're not going to, you know, we're going to try everything in our power to kind of take what happened the the previous week and, and, you know, move on. And, you know, some weeks that was easier than others, but, you know, you got to be okay with the, with the losses, but that was the hardest part for me coming out of college. Strategy wise, when you first came out of college, it, it, it's tough because you, you come out of a place where you're just by far and away the best, the best among anyone you play. And now, you know what? Everyone's good and you will take those bumps, as you said. Was it for you more about working on um, weaknesses which weren't maybe exposed in college or was it just about, you know, I'm going to really pummel my strengths home? You know, I think it's both. You know, you never want to go away from what you do best. You know, if you're John Isner, you're not going to, spend you know the next two years only hitting returns you know you have the best serve of all time in tennis like we're going to work on it and make it better you know for me i'm going to make my serve and my forehand as best as i possibly can 
and I'm going to, you know, make the weaknesses, you know, not as weak, you know, I'm going to shore those holes up and I want to make that, um, you know, as strong as possible and, and utilize that to my benefit. So for me, you know, you never want to focus too much time on, on one side of your game that you feel like is weak because, you know, your strengths are always going to be your strengths. And, um, I think that's, um, that's something that, you know, I think I learned, uh, maybe, you know, early in my career, which was great. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to play. And this is how we, this is how we're going to do it. I always feel there's a huge jump between, you know, getting into, let's say from the lower ranks into the top 200, then there's a jump into the top hundred, top 50, top 20. Each jump is, is quite, uh, is quite big. What, what do you feel are the biggest uh, gaps that you need to overcome when you, when you hit those hurdles? Um, it's consistency. I feel like, you know, if you look at a guy who's 200, they're a darn good tennis player. They yeah. have all the skills they, they have it, but they just don't do it either in the big moments as much as the guys hundred who are ranked hundred, or they don't do it as consistent week in and week out. And then yeah. you look at the guys from hundred to 50 and, you know, I think 50 to 30 and then 30 to 20, it kind of gets to that point of these guys just do it at a higher level for a longer period of time, week in and week out. And they have the either ability to kind of take away their nerves and, and whatnot in the biggest moments and kind of focus on that. And I think, you know, at that point, when you start getting into the top 15, top 10, top five, you know, then it becomes a skill set. Um, and again, at that point, everything is, you know, is buttoned up just even a little bit more and more. And, um, but you know, it's, I think it's just tough for anybody to break into the top three or four at this point right now with, with some of those guys at the top, but, um, it's uh, something that we're all working for. Thank you for that, Stevie. Just to hit it home again, everyone, you know, young, worried about hitting great shots, consistency, doing the X's and O's. That's, that's beautiful. Tell me about your preparation now as a, as a seasoned veteran, you've been on the tour for nine years. What is your preparation for a match like now versus in college? Um, you know, I think in college it was, uh, you know, we were with the team, you know, you're kind of fired up. We had a different, uh, I guess, format, maybe, you know, we started off, we played doubles and then we went out and played our singles. So we were um, kind of fired up. The team atmosphere was a bit more, you know, raucous and we were excited and we wanted to kind of get the blood going in the doubles and, you know, get excited and get pumped up. And then kind of when we went out to our singles, you know, I just wanted to take, you know, we were, we were, you know, we had about five minutes in between the doubles and the singles. So you're already hot. You're already feeling good. Sure. You want to go out there and kind of play. And, you know, now I'm a pretty laid back guy from, from California. So, you know, for me, I'm kind of hanging in the locker room, you know, kind of get my, my body ready with my physio and, and whatnot. And I'm laughing and goofing around and, you know, with about five minutes to go before the match, then it's like, you know, I'll kind of go out by myself and kind of focus in and, and go over the last minute game plans with the coaches and, and whatnot. But for me, I like to take it easy, have some laugh, goof around in the locker room. Um, you know, everybody's different. You know, it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, some of the guys are laser focused for an hour before, and some guys are just, you know, checking their phone on, on the walkouts of the court, you know, and it, whatever works for them. Um, Stevie, you've given us some great technical information, which I, I really hope everyone's been out there with a pen and paper and taking some notes here. But, uh, you know, we do have a lot of uh, people here who are just tremendous fans of you, you know, just want to hear about some of your uh, best matches. So I I'm going to bring up one that didn't go as well as you'd like, but I just want to hear what that experience was like. But if there are any other matches Can't that, wait to you know, hear we, this one. That, that really stand out in your career, please uh, share those special moments with us. But 
you know, for me, and I remember Peter Smith flew out specifically for this match. Um, I believe it was at Wimbledon 15 or uh, 16, one of the 16. years. Where, 16. 16, was it? Yeah. Played some great tennis. You're playing on the biggest court in the history of the game against the biggest guy. Roger Federer, round of 16, Wimbledon. Tell us, tell us what that was like, center court. Every, every kid wants to play on that court. Yeah, um, I will say probably one of the craziest three weeks of uh, maybe my tennis career. Wow. You know, if, okay. if I can even, you know, a little bit of backstory going into that match. You know, three weeks prior, we're playing in um, Hertogenbosch, uh, one of the qualifying tournaments, or one of the pre-warm-up tournaments for yeah. Wimbledon. And I'm playing, and I'm, you know, I've had like four or five wins this year. I've played horrible, just <laughs> an awful, awful start to the year. I'm just getting my bell rung week in and week out. You know, I call, you know, my parents, call my agent. I'm like, hey, like, I'm done. Like, let's play Wimbledon. <laughs> like, let's play Wimbledon. And then I'm going to take six months off. Like, I need a break, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, and they're like, all right, like, let's revisit this in a week. You're, you know, a bit emotional, you know, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> And, you know, rightly so, rightly so. And um, so I get to Queens, have my, you know, the next week, have my first top 10 win. You know, then the following week, I win Nottingham, my first ATP event. So at this point, like, you know, two weeks ago was so far in the past that I don't even remember it. You know, that's how quickly, <laughs> that's how quickly tennis turns. And, you know, all of a sudden now I'm in the fourth round of Wimbledon. I'm playing Federer. It's July 4th. You know, my dad's in the stands, my Peter Smith's in the stand, my coaches, my at that time, girlfriend, not quite fiance yet, right, but now right. wife, um, her sister and uh, her uh, sister's uh, significant other were, were in the box. And I had my two good buddies in college. So it was one of those things where you're walking out to center court at Wimbledon and, you know, you walk through this hallway and all you're doing is walking in front of Roger because obviously, you know, you're not going out there after Roger. Um, and, um, you know, you're just walking by and it's like, you know, Rogers trophy, another one trophy, Rogers, you know, cardigan, his pants, you know, whatever you're like, I'm just walking through a hall of, you know, fame for, for Federer. And this is like a normal, um, normal Monday for him. And I'm walking out there for the first time. And I will say it took my breath away for the first few minutes going out there to play Roger. Um, it was a cool experience, you know, not one that, uh, went my way, but, um, you know, I took that. You know, it's one of those losses where you don't uh, I didn't hang my head too long in the locker room after, you know, it was one of those ones where it was a great learning experience, fun, incredible life moments uh, that uh, that that I'll get to you know, have forever. You, you get a little goosebumps listening to that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a really interesting lead up to it, too. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that. it's um, tennis is a we, crazy sport. Uh, 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 truly. Can you can you look back on on your career and over the lessons you've learned, it's funny what people pick out, but can you, can you point back to an incident where you were uh, a match rather, where you were, you know what? I was most proud of this one. And it's funny. A lot of players pick not necessarily the biggest matches, but say one day really, you know, turn their head around or, or something like that. Is there, is there one that stands out for you? Um, I think, you know, there's, there's a couple that, uh, that stick out to me. One was the French open. I forget what year, I think it was 20, either 13 or 14, you know, I think it was my first, it must've been 2014. If I'm not mistaken, I'm playing a young French kid who's, you know, on his, you know, he's 18 or 19 kind of 
their next kind of, you know, hope, at, you know, what they think, you know, he's got an incredible fan base behind him. I'm like 15 minutes late to the match because nobody gets to me um, in the locker room and I'm kind of waiting and waiting and, you know, I get out there and, you know, I'm getting booed by, you know, a full stadium, uh, you know, French open. And I was just kind of getting my, my head beat in, unfortunately down two sets and down a break or two, you know, four, one in the third. And I end up, you know, winning that set, winning the fourth. And we have to stop due to the darkness. Uh, I think it was up, you know, two Oh, or something in the fifth set. we stopped due to darkness, had to come back the next day, but um, it was one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever played in. Um, and it was something that, you know, gave me the the belief that I can come back. I can't, you know, kind of overcome anything. If I just, you know, put my head down and, and kind of stick, you know, you know, put my heart on the line and just give it my all. And, you know, for me, I'll, I'll never forget that moment, kind of that feeling of overcoming the crowd and my opponent to a, a pretty crazy victory that, um, you know, I still can, you know, remember pretty clearly. Another beautiful lesson. Kids, this guy's beaten, you know, some of the biggest names in the sport, but a, a match which shows his true grit is something that sticks out in his head. So that's, um, that's, that's brilliant. I hope, I hope everyone out there focuses on that. Um, Steve, before I get to the Q&As from everyone else, I just want to ask you a, if you could go back and sort of give the younger Steve Johnson some advice, hoping that he'd take it. We don't know if he'd take it, <laughs> but hoping that he'd take it, what, what would you give him? Um, you know, for me, if I could go back to myself at, um, you know, 14 or 15, I would say, you know, to kind of learn um, the discipline needed off the court um, to kind of progress my game. Um, you know, not that you need to be in the gym going crazy every single day as a 14 year old, 15 year old with your body yeah. still kind of growing and kind of working to that, but just learning that work ethic, learning that um, enjoyment in the process. You know, there's a lot that goes on to, to a tennis that, it, that nobody sees, you know, away from the courts. And, and then if I could, you know, tell myself, uh, you know, some information in college, I would say to just, you know, embrace the journey, embrace you know, the roller coaster esque type of uh, career that tennis brings, you know, with the ups and downs and, you know, just enjoy it, enjoy the process, enjoy the people, enjoy everything along the way. Cause you never know when the sport can be kind of taken from you. So uh, you really want to make the most of it as long as you possibly can. And, you know, I've done that the last so many years and I've really, um, I've really enjoyed my time, uh, you know, doing that, you know, much more than I did at the beginning of my career, kind of focusing on, you know, the wins and losses. Gratitude, focus, and living in the moment. I love it, Stevie. I certainly think of you when you think of those traits. Um, all right, now we're going to take the questions out of my hands, and uh, we're going to go to some of the pre-sent-in ones before I'll turn it over to you with the, uh, with the live uh, section. So we have a question from Joaquin. Um, he is sending in, how did you get past your defeats? What did you tell yourself to be able to move on? Um, you know, there's a lot of different losses, you know, there's, you know, not every loss is the same, you know, some days, you know, your opponent just is too good. You know, some days, you know, it's just not in the cards for you to win. Maybe you just feel like you have two left feet out there and, and you're, you know, my, for me, you know, my strengths aren't working, my server, my forehand, I'm trying my best. And, you know, there's some days where you have match points and you kind of let it slip away. And, you know, you, not every loss is created equal, but how you deal with it for me is, um, is the most important. You got to focus on what you did well, how you can, you know, grow from these, uh, you know, wins and losses and just kind of 
take that into each and every, you know, match or tournament or, or week, you know, on, you know, following, uh, following a tough loss. You know, I think that's how um, resilience is, is created. And that's a big part of the sport. Positivity, positivity, positivity. Okay. These, I'm going to combine a couple questions here. This is from <laughs> David and Shannon. So David's question is, how do you hit a good backhand slice? But Shannon took it one step further, and Shannon is asking, Steve, how did you perfect your backhand slice? <laughs> a lot of I practice, like a lot of reps. Um, there was a lot of time there where I would say, you know, I, I didn't really want to hit a backhand. You know, I don't think, you know, the confidence was there. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it's um, – it's something that, you know, it's, it's a skill set. you know, you got to go out and you got to work on it. You got to work on the fundamentals, the, the footwork to, uh, to how you, how you commit to the shot, how you go after it. And, you know, for me, it's um, something that I've really embraced and, and grown. And I use that as a huge part of my game, you know, as, uh, I'm sure as anybody who watched it would, would know that to kind of, you know, change the pace to kind of get my opponents uncomfortable and, and kind of find ways to get to my forehand. So uh, for me, I've, uh, I'm glad I've, I feel like I've, uh, you know, as an athlete, I, I wouldn't say it's perfect because I always want to keep getting better and better. But I, I'm definitely striving for perfection on that side of the of the ball towards the end of my career. Stevie, just to go into a little more detail, is there something you can give our audience out there as far as you know, maybe an important aspect to focus on, whether it's the shoulder turn or or, or whatever you think? Yeah, I think for me, you know, the the most important thing is getting a good shoulder turn. Um, you don't want to um, kind of you want to keep a straight on the backhand slice. You want to keep a, the plane as, as a straight as possible on the swing. You don't want to have, you know, as you would, you know, a normal backhand, you kind of have that loop from, from low to high to get the top spin. For me on the slice, you want to stay, you know, kind of right, you know, maybe below my left shoulder since I'm righty and I want to go through the ball as, um, as flat as possible to kind of get that, you know, that penetrating hard slice um, kind of through the court. So for me, it's a great shoulder turn, great footwork. And then, you know, committing to the shot and committing all the way through the ball. Textbook is if you ask me. Um, okay, Stevie, we are getting a question from Chitrang. Chitrang, hopefully I pronounce your name correctly. Uh, Stevie, how do you keep yourself composed in tight situations? Um, great question. You know, I think that's a huge part of tennis. You know, there's a lot of big moments out there and you see, um, you know, some guys, you know, you know, deal with it better than others. And for, for me, I, I like to go back to the basics. I like to go, um, to what I do best, you know, if I, or I want to go to my eighth strategy to who I'm playing that day, you know, maybe it's a, a certain play or a certain, you know, kind of a variation of shot that I want to want to hit. I, I like to kind of gather my thoughts. And when I step up to the line, you know, I want to have a clear head of and a clear game plan of what I want to accomplish. And then obviously when, when the point goes, if there's, um, you know, if you've got to make some adjustments, you make it, but, you know, walking up to line, you know, in big moments, you want to just kind of be clear, steady, everything, you know, kind of get the heart rate down and just focus on, focus on everything that you can focus on because what your opponent does is out of your control. Stevie, I'm going to give you two more before I'm going to turn it over to you and the live questions. Um, this is a, this is a very interesting question. Um, Ronan is asking, do you believe homeschooling is necessary to reach the top hundred level today? And if so, what age should one start? Um, you know, for me, I never did homeschool. Um, I don't uh, necessarily believe that homeschool is a, a necessity. Uh, maybe it was a little bit 
of where I grew up. You know, I was very fortunate growing up in uh, Southern California. So the tennis uh, level was incredible. You know, I always had people very close to me, very, you know, kind of in a close proximity to practice with and, and who were better than me. So I, I was able to have, uh, you know, my childhood and, and kind of beyond, you know, with uh, people who are incredible, uh, you know, athletes and tennis players. And, you know, I, I get that uh, aspect if you're, you know, maybe from somewhere where it's not conducive to, you know, drive 15, 20 minutes to, to play somebody. So, um, you know, I think what, what everybody has their own path. And, you know, for me, my path was, uh, you know, just regular school, regular high school, regular college. But um, I have a lot of friends who did the homeschool stuff who are, you know, darn good tennis players and darn good people. So, um, you know, you got to do what's best for, uh, for you. And, you know, I think, you know, there's no, there's no right answer for that one. All right. So the last question I'm going to take is from Renee. We don't have last names here. We just have your first name. So if this is Renee Zellweger. I was a huge fan and Jerry Maguire and in Judy, just to let you know. Anyway, question coming in from Renee. She is asking you, considering this webinar is titled Learn From Your Journey. Steve, what is the most important thing you've learned from your journey? Resilience. Um, you know, life and tennis have, uh, you know, have, we'll, we'll, we'll kick you down uh, here and there and, um, you know, throw you a curveball. And, you know, it's all about how I feel like you deal with those, that adversity and how you come out with it, hopefully stronger on the other side. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's a hard part of life. It's a hard part of tennis, you know, it's, <clears throat> but um, you got to just focus on, you know, it's trying to stay positive and, and focus on, um, you know, what you can control. So for me, you know, being a resilient, uh, you know, human and person out on the tennis court is, uh, is incredibly important. That's beautiful, my man. Um, yeah. Don't forget to hydrate. Don't forget to hydrate. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you for a little bit now. So you got a live chat, everyone fire in some good questions and, uh, I'll, I'll join you back in a sec. All right. So, uh, we, uh, so bear with me, everyone. If I, uh, just, you know, getting, um, getting these questions right here. So this one is from Daniel Cristobal. Uh, can you tell us about how to get to college tennis? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, playing, being active. Um, if you're not, you know, from maybe a place that's, um, uh, has, you know, the tournaments and whatnot, I think it's very important for you um, especially this day and age with social media is to reach out to coaches, reach out to universities that, um, that you really are interested in, you know, nobody's going to be, you know, upset that you're, you know, emailing a coach, you know, that you're interested in going to the university and, and whatnot. So I, I think for that, it's going to be very important to, you know, reach out if you're not somewhere that's uh, very visible on the tennis scene and, you know, kind of go from that. Um, this one is from Matt Goetz. Um, you seem to have a, such a unique and close relationship with your father, who's also your coach. What was different about your father as a coach than most parents that are coaches, uh, in, just in general. And, um, you know, for me, you know, my dad was my coach growing up, you know, he's my, my, you know, he was my coach until the end. I mean, let's not uh, kid ourselves. You know, he was always somebody that I could call, uh, day and night for any advice for any type of you know, assurances, or if I was doubting myself or whatnot. So uh, for me, it was, you know, we always, when we were on the court, we focused on, you know, the coaching side of things. And then when we left the courts, he was, you know, my dad, you know, we, we didn't, um, you know, kind of mix that too often. So it was, 
I was very lucky. You know, I see a lot of, you know, you know, parents, coaches and, and whatnot that maybe don't go um, according to plan. So for me, it's, um, it's, uh, I was very lucky, very fortunate. And, you know, we were always able to kind of uh, split that role. Um, let's see here. How about this one from um, Alejandro Riveros? Uh, it says, Norm, uh, let's see, before, you know, coronavirus, how was your daily schedule between physical training and court training uh, leading to a tournament? So for me, you know, um, let's say a normal week for me would be uh, leading up to an event. You know, I'm, I'm a morning person, so uh, I like to get up early and kind of get, get my stuff out of the way uh, as early as possible. So uh, a normal day for me is, uh, you know, I wake up around 6 a.m. and I'm in the, I'm in the gym from about uh, 7 to 9 uh, am and doing some of that with my uh, physical therapist down uh, in Orange County and the people that I use as my my training and then you know I'm on the court from about 10 to 12 and focusing on that with my coaches right now with Peter Smith and Mark Lucero and then you know grab some lunch kind of hang out and then I'm usually back in the gym from about 1 30 to 3 kind of uh, getting some more work in, in the gym focusing on uh, any type of injuries or or anything um, from that uh, from that standpoint so for me I like to kind of get up early and get my my day done uh, earlier than some. And then if I have time, I like to go in and sneak, uh, sneak out, hit a few golf balls after that to kind of uh, end, end my day. And then, uh, you know, get, get back up to work and, you know, go to work the next day. Um, this one is from Lonnie Brotman. Um, it's uh, how do you think uh, you play when you're playing top players? You know, it's, it's tough when I've played, I played all the top guys. Um, they bring, such incredible um, confidence. They bring such incredible um, just staying power. And these guys go out there. They're the ultimate professionals. They know exactly what they do and how they do it and what they do well. And, you know, they just do, you know, these things at a, at a higher level than, you know, at a longer period of time than some of the other guys. And it's, it's incredible to see. And it's, um, you know, it, it's fun to, it, it's, it's a fun, you know, game for me to try and solve, you know, for the next time we all, go out there and play you know I want to you know try and have a have a new strategy and a new game plan to go out and beat these top guys um let's see here from an anonymous attendee which stroke do you think is your weapon in tennis and uh for me it's my serve and my forehand uh you know ever since I was a kid I've loved um any anything um to do with that side of the, that side of the ball. So I love to go out there and try and hit as many forehands as possible. And, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that I'm going to try and do and it's going to, I'm going to try and do it as many times as possible. And this one's from Austin price is what's my favorite orange high school tennis memory. Um, for all you guys, the orange high school is where I went to high school. Um, both of my parents went to high school back there, uh, you know, back, back in the day. And, you know, that's where my sister and I both went. So haven't gone far from there. And, um, you know, I just love being on the team, playing with, uh, playing with my buddies, playing with the, the, the guys. And, you know, we're, I was able to win CIF my junior and sophomore year individually. So it was, uh, it was a fun, fun time, had a blast, you know, kind of, uh, just kind of honing my game and, and getting to be a part of a team. Um, this one is from Greg Murphy and how do you cope with the pressure? Um, 
you know, that's a great question. You know, t- pressure is, is, is always going to be on you just because, you know, it's just you and your opponent out there. And I think that's a cool part of tennis and sometimes maybe a, a, a tough part of tennis, you know, you want to, you want to sometimes have somebody else to lean on while you're out there. But when you're out there, you know, I just try and focus on what I can focus on. You know, I, I feel confident in my abilities to go out there and win every match, you know, regardless who I'm, who I'm playing. And so I always take the core with that mindset. And then, you know, when it gets time to win, you got to focus on what you do best and just kind of execute the game plan. Don't think about, you know, how you get to winning, how you get to uh, the end of the match. You just need to execute the game plan and execute what you do best. Let's see. Sorry, guys, scrolling through these. Um, this one's from Mary Sons. Uh, what do you mentally uh, do to get ready for a match? And uh, for me, like I said, you know, I, I like to just kind of keep it easy. I like to, you know, have, have have a laugh, goof around in the locker room with the guys and the coaches and kind of everybody. You know, I I don't want to kind of get focused in on um, the game plan, you know, hours beforehand because, you know, I feel like that'll just kind of mentally wear me out if I'm thinking about it for that long. So I like to take it as easy as possible, have a, have a laugh, goof around, and then about five, 10 minutes to go before the match, then, you know, you know, kind of we'll sit out with the coaches. I'll, you know, get uh, the body 100% ready to go and we'll have a game plan and we'll go out there and we'll take care of business. And, you know, at that point, I know I've put in all the work that's been done. So for me, I feel prepared, ready to go and ready to go into to battle. Um, this one's from Ryan Rodell and, um, this is, uh, who did you look up to during your junior career? And, uh, you know, for me, I looked up to, uh, Sam Query, um, you know, being, you know, somebody from Southern California who kind of did everything before me. Um, you know, so he was somebody that uh, I definitely looked up to as a junior because he was, you know, somebody in Southern California that had, you know, risen to, you know, top hundred in the world at 18 years old. So some, you know, very cool to see and, you know, lucky to call him a really close friend of mine. Um, today and, and somebody that I uh, get to spend a lot of time in practice with. So, um, you know, he was, he was one of the best in Southern California and that was a, a great part about it. Uh, this one's from uh, Maz and it's uh, in what situations do you use your backhand slice? And, you know, for me, I use it uh, quite often. You know, I, uh, I like to use it um, to kind of change the pace, you, you know, change the tempo, change the kind of the dimensions of, of where they're hitting you know, the ball every time. And I feel like I can kind of put my opponents in awkward positions when, you know, maybe they don't like that um, too much. So for me, I, I use it quite a bit and I like to use it to my advantage. I like to use it to, to kind of open up the, the game and the court to, to kind of hit my forehand and, and kind of get into more offensive positions. Um, and this one is from uh, Tal Pendo, and it's um, what advice would you give an aspiring pro junior what they uh, should be doing or could be doing during the current lockdown to keep their game in shape while staying home? Um, you know, I think it's, a, it's, it's great. I think, you know, it's, it, it's something that, you know, hopefully in the long run people can kind of come out of this with, you know, maybe a new skill or, you know, maybe how they feel, you know, holding the racket if they're trying to change a grip for a forehand or a backhand or they can go out and practice you know, maybe footwork and, and, and whatnot. So, you know, for me, I'm still doing a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of, uh, you know, doing a lot of footwork stuff just to kind of keep, you know, that kind of part of my body, you know, the repetition in, uh, in contact. So 
I've enjoyed um, doing that and you know, hopefully you guys can do that as well. Um, this one is from Hari Raghavan. And this one is, uh, how do you stay calm and execute when you lose your lead and your opponent comes back? Um, that is a, uh, that's a, uh, that's a good question. That happens a lot, uh, un you know, unfortunately, but, uh, that's part of tennis. You know, it, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There's always going to be times where things go your way and then they start to go, you know, uh, a, a different way. So for me, it's, um, it's, uh, it, you just got to stay focused. You know, you, I, I like to focus on that. As uh, you know, if I've lost my lead, that I got a lead, I was once ahead. How do I get back to that? What did I do to kind of? How do I execute my strategy as well uh, again to get back into a lead? And you know, sometimes you know your opponent just plays a has a good five or ten minutes, and you got to just kind of have to weather the storm. So for me, I like to focus on you know how I got to a lead and get back to that. Um, this one's from an, another uh, anonymous uh, attendee. It's for a competitive recreational player trying to improve. What do you recommend the ratio between hitting, practice drills versus playing in practice matches? Um, I think all of those are incredibly important. Um, you know, I think the hitting and the practice and the drills are ex so extremely important. If you're working on certain aspects of your game, whether it be, you know, your forehand down the line or your backhand cross court or, you know, working on your volleys. Um, you know, a lot of repetition can kind of sear into your, your game, what it's going to be and how it's, how it's going to feel when you're out there playing matches. And then I feel like once you kind of have that feeling down doing the, the drills, then you kind of progress and you play points and you play practice matches to kind of get that same feeling of, you know, how do you do this when it's not just getting fed to you? How do you, how do you do it when, when you're in a, a match situation? And then, you know, it's always hard to uh, replicate match, um, match pressure in practice. So once you kind of feel good playing, doing that kind of stuff in practice matches, you got to translate it to uh, actual matches. And sometimes you're going to take your bumps, but you got to believe that you're doing the right things and the work is going to pay off eventually. Stevie, I'm back. I'm back. Prakash is back. <laughs> you, you've, been, you've been fired away at all these questions. I'm going to jump in now. You've been unbelievable for this hour. And we've obviously seen what, uh, you brought to us these last nine years and even at USC and so forth. But can I just put you on the spot before we get out of here and ask you, what can we expect for the future from Stevie Johnson? You know, for me, um, you know, I'm kind of using this time as a, as a, as a getaway from tennis in, in a little bit uh, in kind of, you know, in a weird way, just so, um, you know, hopefully when, you know, when hopefully we get back to tennis, sooner rather than later i'll be refreshed mentally and physically and ready to go i feel like i still have a lot of good years uh, left ahead of me so uh for me i'm kind of using this as um you know a mid mid-career hiatus um and looking at it like that to just kind of refresh and, and get everything back going and hopefully i'll hit the ground running once we get back going mid-career hiatus i like to hear that <laughs> we're, we're we're all all pulling for you to play many many more years you've been unbelievable to watch and you've been a, a fantastic friend at this end and i think it's just been wonderful for all our viewers today so stevie just really really appreciate you taking the time today i can't thank you guys enough um, you know stay safe and uh, hopefully we'll get back to this sport that we love soon hey guys we have some exciting new content in the works for the month of may 
As a committee member of the USTA Diversity and Inclusion Team, I chair the Asian American Initiative to highlight Asian American players. To shed some light on the subject, in upcoming podcasts, we have two-time Grand Slam doubles champ Vanya King joining us, as well as former UCLA assistant coach Grant Chen. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Just want to encourage you to check out the Tennis Pal app for all the latest tennis news and create a profile to find a tennis player in your area. Hey, thanks for listening, and may all your serves be aces.